0: Pastor Daniel is on holiday at the moment. He's uh, he's not working today. He is resting. Um, But over the past few months, um, we've been so blessed by his ministry and to hear the Holy Spirit uh, through his sermons, through his messages. And I love his heart for for the the community. And his his heart and his vision is that Jesus at the centre of the church and the church at the centre of the community. Um, And I don't know if you've caught this, but over the past few months, one of his favourite verses to say is from John chapter 4 and verse 35. And you might have heard him say this a few times. He says, where Jesus says to his followers, lift up your eyes, see that the fields are white unto harvest. The fields are white unto harvest. And so we thought that today on this harvest service, we take a moment to unpack that verse um, and what those words mean for us at LBC. So if you have a Bible, would you please turn with me to John chapter 4, and we're starting from verse 31. Um, If you don't have a Bible with you, could you just put your hand up? Um, uh, Everybody has a Bible. Praise God. Okay, uh, so we're in John chapter 4, and from verse 31. Um, Before we dive into our verses for today, I just want to give us some context About the passage, Um, Jesus and his disciples, they've been travelling through Samaria. They're on their way to Galilee. As they approach the village of Sychar around about lunchtime, the disciples go into town to go and get some food, leaving uh, leaving Jesus to rest at Jacob's well, which is nearby. As Jesus is resting there, a woman from 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 the village comes up to fill her jar, and Jesus asks her for a drink. And then ensues this this wonderful conversation where Jesus reveals everything that she's ever known, uh, everything that she'd ever did. And Jesus then leads her to the knowledge of salvation. The woman, upon learning about who Jesus is as the Messiah, she runs off into the village to tell people about her encounter with the Messiah. And there's this this small little detail that I absolutely love. She, She leaves her water jar at the well uh, completely forgetting what she came there to do. And then she rushes off to go and tell people that she's found Jesus. And meanwhile, the disciples return from the village. They're amazed to see Jesus talking with such a woman. Um, um, there, she, she's, got a, she's got an interesting past, put it that way. Anyway, um, the disciples are, are just interested that Jesus would even be t- speaking with this woman. But what they're most annoyed about is the fact that Jesus has missed his lunch Um, and so recognizing their lack of heavenly perspective Jesus uses this moment to teach the disciples a valuable lesson about a spiritual harvest spiritual harvest and uh, we'll be picking up from verse 31 and we'll and that's where we'll join the passage and it says meanwhile um, uh, meanwhile being as the woman runs away The disciples were urging him, Jesus, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not have a saying? There are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see. The fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that of which you did not labour. Others had laboured, and you have entered into their labour. Okay, so this morning, we've acknowledged the importance of a physical harvest. we thank thanked God. We've praised him for the physical harvest. I now want us to shift our attention, and we're going to be looking at the spiritual harvest. And in, this ver- in these verses, Jesus provides us four things that we must do in order to reap a spiritual harvest, four things we must do to, to reap a spiritual harvest. And the first thing Jesus tells his followers to do is to lift up their eyes and to see. In verse 35, Jesus instructs his followers, look, lift up your eyes, see, the fields are white for the harvest. There is a distinction between the physical harvest and the spiritual harvest, and the distinction is important. And in order to help them understand, Jesus refers to a popular saying that the the disciples would have known about. They're from an agricultural background. Uh, As we spoke about earlier, 90% of their time would have been spent preparing the food, getting ready for the harvest. And the saying is, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Now, this saying speaks about physical harvest, about the the seasons and and, uh, the years in which it occurs However, Jesus explains that a spiritual harvest is not bound by days, years, or season. A spiritual harvest is for now. And in fact, if the disciples had even lifted up their eyes, as Jesus had instructed, when he says, lift up your eyes, see, look to the fields, they would have literally seen a woman running away to the local village to tell people about Jesus. And if they stayed there and lifted up their eyes, they would have seen a whole village coming back to go and see Jesus and witness who he was because of what the woman was saying about Jesus. So we must also lift our eyes up. We must lift our eyes up to the fields for the time for harvest is now. And like the disciples in the passage, sometimes we can get so caught up in the busyness of church life. We can get caught up in in food and meals. um, And you know, there are people out there who are ready to hear the gospel but we must lift up our eyes and see. A famous pastor once said this, and I'm going to read out a quote, and when I heard it, it was like a bit of a, a, bit of a, a dagger. Um, and, and my prayer is that we never become this church this morning. He says this, Many churches today remind me of a labouring crew trying to gather in a harvest while they sit in the tool shed. They go to the tool shed every Sunday and they study bigger and better methods of agriculture, they sharpen their hose, they grease their tractors, and then they get up and they go home. And then they come back that night for the evening service. They study bigger and better methods of agriculture. They sharpen their hose, they grease their tractors, and then they go home again. And then they meet in midweek, house group. Again, they study bigger and better methods of agriculture. They sharpen their hoes, they grease their tractors, they get up and go home, or they click off Zoom. They do this week in and they do this week out. Year in, year out, never, nobody ever goes out into the fields to gather in the harvest. LBC, we should not be content with simply attending church and going through the motions of religious practices. Instead, we should be intentional. We should be about sharing the love of Jesus Christ with those in our community, yes. But we should also be sharing the gospel because the fields are white for harvest. I wanna explain to you what that means, fields are white for harvest, because uh, I didn't know what it meant, so I had to research why white, Why, why is it white? Well, apparently, when a harvest is ready, it takes on a golden hue. So when the crop is ready to be harvested, it's golden. But if you, if you leave the harvest a little bit longer, the crop starts to take on a pale white color. That means that it's past the time of harvest, and then the crop then starts to fall to the floor. So to speak of the harvest as white, you know, it's to stress the imperative that... We need to go out there before it's too late. We need to be getting out into the fields before it's too late. There is no better time than now. As has already been prayed this morning, God, by his grace, he's already preparing the hearts to receive the message. Others have already gone before us. There are people who have been praying for the local community. There are people who have been spreading the initial seed of the gospel, but who will go to gather the waiting harvest? The Samaritan woman, when she she came to the well, she left her water jar, didn't she? And then she ran back off to tell everybody about Jesus. An entire village was waiting to meet Jesus because of what the woman said about Jesus and her witness. And we see we must be like her, ready and willing to share our faith with those around us. Let's not get caught up in the busyness of church life and neglect the harvest. Let's be intentional about sharing the love of Jesus Christ with those in our community and beyond. Secondly, Jesus says that the spiritual harvest, it needs workers, it needs workers. In verses 36 to 37, Jesus refers to sowers and reapers, emphasizing that this is a team effort. There are many people involved in the work of the harvest. It's not just down to the work of one person or a a select few, but it's multiple groups of people coming together with different skills, People to do the sowing, people to do the reaping. And you can't have one without the other. And you also can't have one person doing both jobs. It's no good at us saying this is the person who does all our, our sowing and our reaping. Because the job is just too big. To help illustrate this, we can, we can turn to the Bible to another well-known verse where Jesus talks about a harvest in Matthew chapter 9 and from verse 36. Verse 36. And this time Jesus, he's traveling with his disciples and he looks upon the crowds of people around him. And he notices that many people are afflicted with, with illnesses, with, um, with possession and diseases. And, and it says this, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus recognized the crowds. He recognized the problems and he had empathy for them. But even Jesus in his incarnate uh, human state couldn't gather the harvest alone. And so what does he ask his disciples to do? He asks them to pray. He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. If if Jesus couldn't do it alone, then then neither can we. We can't expect one person or a small select few people from the church to go out and reap a spiritual harvest for themselves. It takes multiple people. It takes a whole church. And so we need to pray for that. Um, Last week, uh, to to help uh, just illustrate my point, last week I had the pleasure of of visiting a, a beautiful community garden. It's called the Oasis in Cherry Willingham, and it really was an oasis. There was heaps of produce, there were strawberries, there was rhubarb, potatoes. They even uh, were growing goji berries. Um, And the garden was just teeming with life. There were chickens that were laying eggs. There were gerbils for some reason. Um, uh, (laughs) There was a small pond. And as I was walking around, I was just amazed at the abundance of food. Uh, of the fresh organic food just waiting to be picked and enjoyed. And as I spoke to one of the volunteers who helped run the project, my excitement turned into sadness, because I could see that she wasn't happy. And when I asked her, I was like, what's the matter? And she said, well, despite all this wonderful food that we have, and the amazing potential to grow more, there just simply isn't enough volunteers to pick and maintain the garden. And so the harvest in in that place was plentiful, but the laborers and the workers were few. And it's the same here at LBC. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So where do we start? Jesus says we start by praying. We pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We pray to God to show us where we fit in. We pray to God and we ask him to use our gifts and our talents to serve him in the harvest. We pray for the courage and the boldness to go out and share our faith with those around us. We pray for our church. We pray for the leadership. We pray that we may be strengthened and equipped to lead us in the work of the harvest. Thirdly, in order to reach uh, to reap a spiritual harvest. We need to be obedient to the harvest. We need to be obedient. In verse 38, Jesus tells his disciples that he sent them to reap for which they did not labor. He says, I sent you. When Jesus sends somebody to do something, we should pay attention. The whole Bible has this theme of being sent throughout the Bible. And there's many examples of people being obedient to the work of of what God has sent them to do. Take, for instance, Abraham, who was sent by God to enter into a new land. Um, he tested him with his sacrifice for Isaac. We think about Moses being sent, or sent to give Pharaoh a message and to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. We think about our summer series where we, we looked at Jonah and, and God sending him to preach to the Ninevites. Of course, we know that Jonah wasn't that obedient, but he got there in the end. Well, now Jesus is the one who's sending, and he's sending his followers to tell people about the good news of the gospel, about the harvest. And the thing with these themes and these stories within the Bible, it's never easy to be sent by God. It's never easy to be obedient to his work. However, we can look to Jesus, because Jesus is the ultimate example of obedience when being sent. And I want you to cast your eyes up to verse 34. Because in verse 34, Jesus said his food is to, the, to do the will of him who sent him to accomplish his work. Jesus had work to do and he was sent to do that work. And what was Jesus' work to do? Jesus, Jesus had a work to die upon the cross for our sins. And his obedience to that was total. He was totally obedient. Even when Judas portrayed him. He was obedient through the ridiculous mock trial that he had. He was obedient when he was beaten, when he was whipped, when he was mocked. He was totally obedient. As the crowds shouted up insults at him, can you remember what they said? They said, look at him. He can save others, but he can't even save himself. And the sad but beautiful truth is that the crowds were right. Jesus couldn't save himself. Because he wasn't there to save himself. He was there in his obedience to save them. And he was there in his obedience to save us. Remember those last words that Jesus said as he was dying upon the cross. What were the last words that Jesus said? He said, it is finished. It is finished. Jesus was totally obedient to the work that God had him do. It is finished, he said. We too must be obedient to the will of God. We must be obedient to the work that God would have us do. As Jesus says in other parts of the Bible, we must take up our cross and follow him. We must be willing to do whatever he wants us to do and go wherever he calls us to go. It's not always easy, but it's necessary. We've been sent to reap for which we have not sown and we must be willing to get our hands dirty. Imagine a farmer, a farmer who plants a seed in the ground. The seed has everything it needs to grow. It has the soil, it has water, it has sunlight. But the farmer doesn't, if, the, if the farmer doesn't tend to the seed, if it doesn't protect the seed from the pests, the seed just won't grow. The farmer must be obedient to the process of growth. There's effort on the part of the farmer in order to see that seed sprout into something which would turn into fruit or into grain or whatever it is. Yeah, the farmer needs to put the work in. And and it can often be difficult or inconvenient. I am literally myself, I'm a terrible gardener. We've got so many dead houseplants in the house, haven't we, Isabel? Isabel puts up a little uh, note next to the plant which says RIP, whatever the name of the plant is, but it's dead. (laughs) But in the, same, in the same way, we must be totally obedient to, to the work of the harvest. We must be willing to do the, the hard work of sharing the gospel with those around us. Even when it's difficult or inconvenient, we must be willing to take risks, to step out of our comfort zone, to trust God in the process, in God's plan for the harvest. Finally, the st- we're on the fourth step. We're already four steps in this sermon. Soup soon. You'll be Okay. The fourth thing we must do in order to reap a spiritual harvest, we must rejoice in the harvest. We must rejoice in the harvest. Jesus says in verse 36 that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. Harvesting fruit for eternal life is a joyous work. It's joyous. Just as we rejoice in the physical harvest, we rejoice uh, to God for the provision and the bounty that we have before us. We rejoice in the spiritual harvest too. When we see somebody come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's a cause for celebration. Baptisms. We love a baptism, don't we, (laughs) at Lincoln Baptist Church. They're a cause for celebration. You know, I'm jealous of Nick and Sue Hasnip. They've gone down to Long Sutton today to go and be part of a baptism service there. Um, I love a baptism service. And I remember um, the baptism service of, of my dad and of Isabel. I remember underneath this area here, there's a tank. We fill it up with water and we baptize people. I had the opportunity to baptize my dad and Isabel. And as I looked out upon people, like everybody was just joy-filled. And it's a real cause for celebration. In the Bible, in Luke chapter 15, verse 7, it says that there is more rejoicing in heaven when one sinner who repents over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. It's a real joyous occasion. We're full of joy and heaven is full of joy when somebody comes to Christ. Can you recall the moment of seeing somebody come to Christ and being baptized? It's beautiful. You know, this joy should be what's fixed in our minds as we go out and share the gospel with those around us. You know, we're sharing a message of joy, of hope, and a message of salvation, of a new life in Christ. It's it's a privilege to witness the transformation that takes place in people's lives as they turn to Jesus. You know of somebody right now who you've helped come to Christ. And it's it's a beautiful process. So we need to be joyful in the harvest. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse uh, 58. He says this, Therefore, beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to go back to that illustration of, of, of the farmer. Imagine he's, he's protected his crops. Okay, um, The crops are starting to grow. He's, he's, he's seeing the harvest come forth. He's been waking up every, early every single day. He's been watering the crops. He's been pulling up the weeds. He's protected them from pests. And as the weeks go by, he's watched the plants go stronger and stronger and the fruits appearing. And then finally, the day arrives when the harvest is ready. And so excitedly, he goes out, he goes and grabs his family and friends. And they all come and they all come and gather the harvest together. Uh, Apples, oranges, peaches, goji berries, all sorts of stuff. Nobody grows goji berries, (laughs) except in Cherry Willingham. And as they work and they share these stories together, as they're they're gathering in the crop, they're laughing with each other. They're sharing stories about the harvest, about how difficult it was, about all the different challenges they've had to overcome. And then the father, he sets out a feast, a big long table full of all the produce that they've gathered in. You can imagine all the the pies and the jams, uh, the cakes, just really just sharing the abundant harvest that they've had together, thanking God for his provision. And in the same way, when we reap a spiritual harvest, it's, a, it's time for a celebration and joy. We work hard to share the gospel. We work hard for these ministries, for fish and cat. We don't know what, plant, like, what seeds of faith that, that is planting in people when they see our witness and see our commitment to serving them. We don't know what that could be doing. We don't know when we share the gospel what kind of work that's going to do in people. And when we see somebody come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's like picking the fruit from a tree, a fruit that we tended to with care. We rejoice together. We share stories about how difficult it's been. It's never easy to do the work of God. It's never easy to be out there witnessing and doing the work, bringing in the harvest. But we thank God for his provision. And just like the farmer's feast, There will be a banquet for us in heaven where we'll be able to celebrate with the Lord, Jesus Christ, and God the Father, the Holy Spirit, bringing us together in perfect unity for eternity in heaven. Do we want this as a church? Do we want to see people coming in here, being transformed by the gospel and becoming part of the harvest? Well, if so, we must lift our eyes up to the fields. We must see there is work to be done. We need workers to be equipped. We need to be obedient to the harvest. And we need to rejoice in the harvest. As we celebrate the rest of this service, we need to remember the importance of sharing the love of Christ with those in our local community. Let's continue to support initiatives like FISH and CAP, and other ministries that are coming up in the future. Let us be intentional about reaching out to those around us with the message of salvation. LBC, let's lift up our eyes to the field and see that the fields are white for the harvest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather and celebrate this harvest service. We thank you for the abundance of food on our tables and for your provision in our lives. We thank you also for the spiritual harvest that is waiting for us. Lord, help us lift our eyes to the fields and to be obedient to your call. Help us to share the gospel with those around us. Give us the courage and boldness to step out of our comfort zones. Help us, Lord, to trust in your plan for the harvest. And Lord, may we we rejoice in the harvest knowing that our labor, Lord, is never in vain. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.